thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the 102-year-old co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, Dr. Damien Christoph. a year for every episode. You're looking great. Oh, thanks, mate. I feel like Yoda now. That's, you uh, are. You are the Yoda of the 100 Yoda. Not Out. Let's oh, come on. Come on. Hey, good to be here at 102. At 102, this episode, Damo, and all the episodes for at least the next oh, nine, ten months is very proudly brought to you by our 100 Not Out Greek Island Longevity Retreat. And uh, if you're interested in coming along, you want to know the details, just go to 100notout.com, fill in your name and email address. We'll put you on the registered uh, list or the, the uh, expression of interest list. And once we can confirm everything with you, we will. So just go to 100notout.com and uh, learn more about it. Mm. Very exciting, Damo. Oh, pumped. Love that. Thank I was actually what? talking about that this morning. I got interviewed um, for the Thermi Living Summit. There's a wellness oh, yeah. summit that the that Thermomix are doing. Um, and I was interviewed for that, and I was talking about the the Ikaria longevity tour, you know, potential for Sardinia and potential yeah. for um, Okinawa. Okinawa. Oh, hiyo, gozaimasu. Like, I just can't <laughs> wait for that. Like, Arigato. Arigato. Konnichiwa. Konbanwa. Like, oh, I can't wait for it. It's going to be amazing. Like, imagine we get to go to Okinawa. I love the Japanese yeah. culture. I think it's cool. I, just... oh, I, know, I, know, I know how to say one more thing, but I don't know what it means. Someone what? else will. Tell me. Hajime Mashte. Hajime Mashte. Dozo Yoroshiku. Dozo Yoroshiku. I remember that from school. Yeah, do you remember that? I, I did that too. Yeah. What is Hajime Mashte? I have to remember what that is. I can't actually remember myself. <laughs> form of hello. Hajime Mashte. Dozo Yoroshiku. Uh, I don't know. Is it hello, how are you? I don't know. Really? No, Ginky Deska is uh, how are you? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all coming back. Mm. We won't, we won't make this episode Japanese. We'll bore our listeners to tears, though. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Aso. Remember uh, there was the... Aso! Ah, remember that? <laughs> remember that? There was the Xerox ad um, and, uh, and there was the, the, the Japanese CEO of Xerox and he's on the phone. He goes, Aso! And, and you, think, you think, is he just making that word up? But it actually means, is that so? So... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Happy times. Happy, Happy times. times. Now, Damo, yes. been doing a bit of reflecting. Have you? I'm uh, just loving and basking in the in the glory of one at 100 not out. It's been great. Now, Marcus, um, you uh, you just went blank for a moment there. Oh, I'm back. I'm back now. I was just yeah. saying that it's been beautiful to watch and listen and read all of this feedback from 100 uh, plus episodes now, yes. and. Um, I've been looking at what the themes have been of what the most, I suppose, popular episodes have been. And two in particular that come up a lot are the Humble Brag episode, which yeah. is somewhere in the 60s, and the Crack Your Stress Code series that we did. Yeah. And, you know, in looking at the, in the popularity of those podcasts, I thought, well, we haven't really done a podcast that we've dedicated to how you and I actually go about implementing what we speak about in those podcasts into our daily lives. So... You know, when stress comes up, how do we deal with it? Um, not just talking about the theory, but I suppose the execution and the reality of it. So I thought we could talk about that. Yes. And draw on your Yodaness today. Yeah. <laughs> My Yodaness. So, oh, dear. Your Yodaness. 
Mm-hmm. But I think, I suppose, and you know, in also talking about this, I'm thinking in, in our family at the moment, there's a lot of stress uh, in the Pierce wider family. There's health crises and family crises and there's just lots of stuff going on. And I think, you know, it's a good time to kind of, you know, just take stock and go, well, how how am I personally dealing with the stresses of life and, and the people around me? And really just to, I suppose, draw on the wisdom of uh, people around us and people gone before us to work out what it is. So, Suppose if I ask the first question to you, Damo, like what do you think is the biggest key for you in dealing with stress in your own daily life? Uh, the number one thing for me with stress is giving myself space. Um, I need to have space. Like um, physical, mental, emotional? Uh, all of the above. So, yep. um, you know, just taking time to get out and about. So have a little walk. That's great for me. And, you know, when I talk about um, walking for 30 minutes decreases the effect of stress by 50%. Yeah. Um, that always reminds me that if I'm getting a little bit anxious or I've got a little bit too much on, um, just to take myself out of the equation for a bit, go for a little walk, 30 minutes, come back, feel much better. It's a, it's a good feeling. So there's that. Um, but Can I ask you a question because, on that? Well, yeah, I just, I'll just say that my space that I like, I like to go for a walk with Amber, right? So I'd much prefer to go for a walk with Amber and say nothing for 30 minutes than to go by myself and say nothing for 30 minutes. So I like, I enjoy the company. I find that really um, nurturing and relaxing. Um, yeah. It's not that I don't like to be there by myself. I'm more than happy to go for a walk by myself for 30 minutes, but uh, I, I equally enjoy being there with Amber. Um, yeah, wow. Jackson, Jackson can't stop talking for 30 minutes, so yeah. I tend not to get silence. But uh, if I could just be there and bug out with Jacko for an hour or so, then I, I also find that to be amazing. Do you go for a walk with Amber and the, the two of you don't talk and you just be with each other yeah. and that's it? That can be. Yeah, we've done that. Um, Far out. That's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. I normally find for me that I actually – I get a lot out of actually telling Sarah what I'm feeling or thinking because mm-hmm. then I, and a lot of men do this, I'm sure, I realize that once I've voiced that, got it out just to one other person. It's not as big a feel, deal. It's not as big a deal and I feel no. like almost I've solved it or I've dealt with it or I've yeah, just expressed it, released it yeah. um, at the time. But I actually, but, I, but in listening to you talk, I find it fascinating that it just goes to show that we all have that that breath of fresh air is different for all of us, isn't it? You're, yeah. Like I say, your breath of fresh air is actually going out and walking in silence. Whereas I was just going to, that, that was, you actually answered the question that I was going to ask. And that was, you know, do you take your phone and listen to a podcast or do you just, or flick through emails or whatever? Or do you just do whatever you can? You have no content around you except for Mother Nature and you just go into that quiet space. Yeah, look, Mother Nature and North Road, all the cars, other than that, is, <laughs> we're all good. Um, I'll try to get down to the beach, so it's only a cane a bit to the beach, so I'll walk to the beach, have a bit of a walk along the beach, might put my feet in the sand, um, but, you know, the, the look, the occasions that I do that are few and far between where I put my feet in the sand. Um, yeah. I tend to probably more walk more, but on holidays, from a relaxation perspective, I don't wear shoes. And I'll just walk barefoot everywhere, and that's I find that very grounding. Yeah, I definitely think movement, um, movement, movement in in two kind of ticks two boxes for me. Yep. Generally, I'm always doing it by myself. Uh, occasionally, I'll do a class, but I do a lot of movement by myself. Yes. And so having that time where I just don't have any other, I suppose, stimulus like mm-hmm. um, just no kids, no family environment, just it's me time. It's cave time, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I think that's super important, just builds the tank up. 
but also just moving my body and particularly in, first thing in the morning. I know I'm much less equipped to deal with the stresses of daily living and then, and then the bigger ones of life if I haven't been moving my body but at the same time if I haven't been giving time to myself. I just find I just am such a better person if I've given time to myself. Yeah, totally. Nice. Well, I think that's that's really important. Um, I don't mind reading books either but I do find that I daydream when I read a book. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that's all about. Maybe that's a mindfulness thing. So book has know. to be at night and at night for me. Because I, I want to avoid the screen at night. I just feel like sometimes I do work at night. Often I do work at night. But if I'm not, I'm like, I need to read a book but get off the screen to kind of just bring myself back down, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but I don't find that easy. Often I'll get off the computer and then go brush my teeth and go to bed. And I, I'm lucky enough that I fall asleep quite easily anyway. Mm-hmm. But often I'm like a great way just to not de-stress but almost just to wind down is to read a book. But I, I find it very difficult to read a book at the, in the middle of the day. I feel like I need to be doing something. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's because we, we've got so much to do, isn't it, right? You know? Yeah. And I feel like it's just the, also just the, the pace of the day is different. Like I could read a book in the morning but I would have to have no distractions around me. Yeah. Um, but I think also just I, I, I don't know. This, is, this could make no sense or could make total sense. But I definitely feel that you know the morning – has, a, has a, a particular pace or feeling to it. The afternoon has a particular pace or feeling to it and the evening has a particular pace or feeling to it. Like I often feel sometimes I'm going against the uh, forces of nature if I'm trying to ramp up and do work but then other times I feel like I'm, I'm going with the forces of nature if I stay up till midnight or one in the morning because I just seem to get stuff out and it's... Oh, you well. do get stuff out. Far out. I wake up in the morning and there's all these emails from Marcus Pierce. I go, <laughs> I go oh, man, that boy was up late. But, yeah, look, I think that finding your zone is uh, is really important, finding what is actually comfortable for you. And so there'll be people listening to this podcast going, oh, my gosh, I couldn't ever stay up past 10.30 at night, you know. And it's not that that's a requirement or it's just that that's what works for Marcus. It used to work really well for me. I used to be really productive after 10.30, but um, I now find that after 10, really, I'm, I'm less productive and maybe that's because it's the time where Amber and I tend to just wind down and just, you know, yeah. sit and we'll chat and have a cup of tea, you know, and that's that's a nice thing to do. And um, that is so important for stress though, don't yeah. you think? Oh, absolutely. Just like, to switch just... off. So I now, we've got a charging area in our house where we charge all of our devices and, mm. um, and so the devices don't um, distract us from you know, communicating. Good. So that's, that's a really nice strategy too, just to move away from being wired in and plugged in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Um, like you said, having that time together with a loved one, partner, child, friend, whoever it is, whether it's on the phone or in person, just to have some communal time. Um, like I just spoke to my dad on the phone last night. I went for ten minutes, but I was like, I just felt, I just felt good after the call. Yeah, you know, and it? that's it's just good for your own. It sounds so simplistic, but it's good for your own stress levels just to have some time with people if you live by yourself or you don't you know if everyone's asleep or whatever just to have some time with people that you love um, at the end of the day yeah is a really it's a great stress buster absolutely Um, yeah and just what you were saying earlier about you said being in the zone i think one of the biggest you know this is the biggest clue for me and i reckon um one of my greatest heroes is alice Sommer, the beautiful lady that lived to 110 survived the holocaust and her her zone, what she loved was playing the piano and that got her through the biggest stress of her life, which was the Holocaust. But, you know, she used that as a stress, I suppose, um, 
reduction tool or whatever you like to call it, she would do what she loved and that would play the piano. So I know for me, if ever, you know, I'm like, okay, there's stress going on, what do I do? It's it's doing doing something that brings me absolute joy. And I think a lot of us have been taught that this is really difficult or that we shouldn't do it if we're feeling down or stressed or whatever. But being so indulgent that you actually pick from the top of your list, not the bottom of your list. So don't wallow in your pain and lie on the bed unless you you feel like that is actually what you really need to do. But you know, I think that doing something that brings you joy when you're stressed or upset or just feeling the pinch is so important. Whether we, it is you're going, can we bring some context around that though. Yeah, sure. Because so, there's some things that you can do when you're stressed that will actually add to your stress, and then uh, and have you affected by your stress more, and also. Um, not cope with your stress or um, or interpret that stress appropriately so that you, your cells fire. So stress can be good for you, which we've spoken about, and stress can be you know detrimental for you. It's the constant, persistent, um, unremitting stress that's not good for you. The little bursts of stress are actually quite good because you grow and learn from that. But what some people do is they get an emotional stress and then they go and put some physical stresses or chemical stresses into their body um, and that's counterproductive to health and well-being, right? So um, it's one of the things that I think both you and I would say uh, and probably everyone listening to this podcast would agree is that if you do get stressed, avoid using uh, food or alcohol or other poisons to kind of alleviate your stress. So if you're having to use drugs to alleviate your stress, that's probably not a good thing. If you're having to use um, chocolate to alleviate your stress, that's probably not a good idea. If you're having to use alcohol, equally probably not a good idea. It's probably better to go out and do something that's relatively healthful to try and decrease your stress. Now, in that in itself, like the concept of not actually eating food when you're stressed can be stressful for, for, for people because that's your coping mechanism. So it's now a matter of finding um, another appropriate, more healthful way to deal with your stress. And so it's implementing habits around when, when you're not stressed so that when you do get stressed, you fall into the habit of a healthful habit. Absolutely, yeah. So when I'm thinking of things of that bring you joy, it might be listening to music, it might be playing an instrument, it might be seeing your best friends, it might be, um, you know, Going to the football with friends. It could be, like you said, Damo, it's the vehicle. The vehicle has to be empowering. Yep. You know, the vehicle has to be empowering. Yes. Uh, but the, And there's so many to choose from, and we all have different things, which is great. Um, like you said, just going for a walk with Amber, like that's something that you love to do. I do. You know, and that's, so, so the more you do of it, the better it is, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so many people put on the back burner what it is that they love because they think, well, they, they go after what it is that they think they need to do or what they should do. But a lot of people don't go after what it is that they love to do because either they don't feel like they deserve it or they're actually a bit too scared to go and do it. Like if, if, if you've just lost, um, if someone in your, in your network, family, friend environment has just passed away and you're yeah. grieving, yeah. if you went and... Um, Again, played your favorite instrument or listened to your favorite music or did something that you love. Um, is that a healthy thing to do or is that an unhealthy thing to do? I would say it's a great thing to do. No, I think it's a great thing to do. Absolutely. Just checking out. Some people um, like to uh, grieve with other people. And so grief is a really important part of dealing with stress. You know, you know, you and I did Dima, right? We did the John D. Martini thing. And yeah. you know, love John to bits. And what he talks about has helped me in so many uh, amazing ways. What I learned the other day, I was listening to Paul Noon speak. You know, Paul Noon is on um, Backchat. Backchat, yeah. 
He was interviewed on Backchat with um, Paul Bergamo and the newest Anthony wellness couch, the newest wellness couch podcast. Yes, and this particular podcast was I, I got so much from it. I thought it was great. I listened to it in, on the on the plane on the way back from Wollongong, and uh, it was it was just so good. But he said that the brain is wired to be able to deal with all emotion. So he said that. You know, we live in, a, in an age where we're expected to be happy all of the time or stress-free all of the time, um, when in reality, that's not actually going to be the case. There'll be times where we're happy and sad. There'll be times where we're angry and elated. And there'll be other times where we're deflated and, uh, and over the moon, you know. So um, he said that we're, we're meant to deal with all of these emotions and the way in which we deal with these emotions is important as opposed to just shutting them down. So I learned through DMAR that I was supposed to take the emotion out of a situation so that I could make a more clear decision, which I think is really important. But I also think it's really important that we allow our brain and our nervous system to deal with emotion because I suspect that Alice wouldn't have actually blocked out all of that hurt and pain. In fact, I'm sure she remembered all the terrible things that happened to her in the Nazi concentration camp. Absolutely. But she probably also built some context around it. So she's learned to deal with the emotion and then she's learned to deal with the logic. And so she's, you know, so. And this is, this is spot on. Doing the, both. The, exactly. The, doing the things that we love to do builds up our resolve. And this is getting to the core of this, builds up our resolve and our ability to deal with the stress that's happening because the stress might never go away. This is it. This is it. Well, sometimes you, know? you can't take the stress away. You've got, to, you've got to be able to work out effective ways and strategies to deal with the effect of the stress. Absolutely. So all this stress effects on your body. Like the people I think of particularly are people who are looking after their spouses or loved ones who have got a chronic disease. Like particularly, I remember doing a talk for um, spouses who have who look after their their loved ones with dementia. So yeah. you know, sixty five year old woman has seventy year old husband who's suffering from dementia. He's yeah. still living at home, and she's his full time carer. Yeah, right. Oh. That stress isn't going to go away. No. Right, not for a couple of years. But how does she? How does how does this person find a way to still love her life whilst dealing with that stress? Yeah. And yeah. this is this is where the core of it is because we have it, we have things going on in our life which aren't going to go away. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't have to mean that our life has to be despondent. But at the same time, like you say, Damo, it doesn't mean we become some hyper, you know, non-emotional being where we don't feel things and we try and take the emotion out of everything. Yeah. Um, it's just it's, there's a lot of strength in seeing both sides of the coin, isn't there? Oh, yeah. And just recognizing that there's value in both. That's right. I, there was a question the other day at the Crack Your Stress Code in, in Shell Harbour that I did with uh, Maria, Maria Zusman. And she and this lady that asked me the question or said that she wanted to come tonight to the talk to, um, to find ways in which she can get rid of stress. And so then I spent five minutes like framing that, right? Because it's not that you can actually just get rid of stress. Like there's a number of different life things that you've got to do to change to take that stress out. So first you've got to identify what the stress is. Is it chemical? Is it emotional? Is it physical? Then from once you've identified what that stress is, you've got to go, can I change that so that it's not actually in my life? If the answer is yes, great, you can change it. Then you deal with the effect of what that stress did on your body through implementation of different strategies, recreating different patterns in the brain, which is neuroplasticity and all that. If you can't take that stress out of your life, whether it be a relationship that you've you know, built into your life or whether it's something that's happening, which is a financial thing or whatever it is that it could take a, a protracted period of time to take that stressor out of your life, you've got to work out ways in which it, you've got to first understand 
how it's affecting you so that then you can lighten the load on that particular area of your nervous system or your body that's being affected by the stress. And then you put in strategies to rewire the brain, neuroplasticity, to then deal then with that stress on your body so that it's more positive for you than negative for you. Um, and so I do, you know, speak about that. And, and I, it was really exciting for me to be able to share that with 150 people to say that you can't, sometimes you can't take the stress out. You just got to work out ways to deal with it. Yeah, and that's really because a lot of us have been. I suppose we have that belief that we need to get rid of stress because that's kind of the popular message in uh, yeah. pop culture and Isn't mass it? media today. Is that here are the tips to get rid of stress? It's like the stress. <laughs> the stress doesn't go. People are still going to die. People are still going to get sick. People are still going to lose their jobs. People are still going to have accidents, have health crises, and all other kinds of things, relationship meltdowns and breakdowns and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So the, the stresses of life aren't going to leave us. No. no. Damo, we're like run out of time, but there's so much more to <laughs> talk about. It? We're going to talk about stillness and mindfulness, staying away from Coca-Cola. You know, we might have to do a bit more. Should we double up? Well, we we could double up. We need to let people go who want to do twenty minute podcasts. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. But we might we might do episode one hundred and four. Yeah. On uh, just uh, continuing on this on this path because a lot of people do love this. So they do. Yeah, let's do that. All right. All right, Damo. Thanks for your wisdom, Yoda. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Thanks, Obi Wan. You're my Obi Wan. <laughs> I forget who Obi Wan is, but my Obi Wan Kenobi. Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Well, who was he again? Well, he was like Yoda's protege. Oh, he's not that little robot. No, that was, that was R2-D2. R2-D2. There's R2-D2 and C-3PO, but Obi-Wan, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, that was who Princess Leia, um, who actually looks a bit like Sarah. Sarah, she says, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only oh, hope. Oh, Sarah? Yeah. yeah. I should tell her that. I'll Google it. Tell her that she looks like... Um, she doesn't really, but... You know, maybe she actually doesn't look like her at all. But <laughs> I was just trying to build up a picture for everyone, for the listeners. Anyway. Oh, funny right, games. All right, funny games. Thanks, Yoda. All right, folks, we'd love your feedback on this. There's been a little bit of silliness in this podcast, but lots of serious wisdom in there as well. You can provide it in any number of ways. You can go to the website, thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Also engage with us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. All words. If you've liked this episode, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We would love that. And uh, give us a five-star rating. Damo in particular loves that. Also, check out the entire range of podcasts available at thewellnesscouch.com, including the latest show, Backchat, with Paul Bergamo and Anthony Coxon. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.